Hey, Dad. What? Don't be mad. What did you do? You're probably going to get a call from school today. Why? What happened? What did you do? Well, I was standing in line to get my food in the cafeteria, and then I saw a big bowl of apples, and then there was a note in front of the apples, and it said, only take one. God is watching. So I go further down the line, and I see a big bowl of cookies, but no note. So I decided to write my own note, and it said, take all you want. God's watching the apples. Place. We ain't caring about your feelings, yeah Anytime, any place, you can feel it here Steven, then you out of space, so we clear the air Any topic, and it's safe, so just be prepared Don't assume, keep it straight, we might keep it fair The news, the page, we gon' keep it real If you tune in, then you sick for real The Bluetooth, we took the red pill Every image in the video, talk about it Different views on the subject, we might talk about it At the end of the day, we just talking, homie Only me in the room, but it's like a party Introducing Steven Daniel, author, artist, all-around great guy. To my new neighbors, if you hear me yelling at my kids, just know that I asked them nicely about five times, and they don't listen unless I yell. I'm so very sorry. Hello, my lovely listeners. I hope you all had a fantastic month and you beautiful mothers had a great Mother's Day. Even though I think that every day should be Mother's Day and every Friday should be Father's Day. Sorry if I sound like crap. I'm currently battling COVID. Even though I can edit out all the sniffles and coughs, I can't change the way I sound. So sorry about that. Anyways, what do you all think about Elon Musk buying Twitter? I would rather have him run things than 20-something-year-olds who can't even take a joke. I love the media's craziness over him because their definition of freedom of speech is full of censorship. I remember seeing one Democrat politician say, wow, he could have used all of that money for climate change. And I'm like, yeah, I know. He could have put it towards building electric cars or something. Man, what a I don't know. The problem with this culture is that people are hated for being real and loved when they're fake. I tell you, once you hit a certain age, you become permanently unimpressed by a lot of stuff. I knew I matured when I realized every situation doesn't need a reaction. Sometimes you just have to let people say and do stupid things. And have you all seen this whole Amber Turd defamation trial thing? I barely know this woman and she drives me nuts. She is the type of toxic woman I talked about in the She's Toxic episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time that we cancel Karen. From now on, instead of saying, stop acting like a Karen, I'm going to start saying, don't be an Amber. That's what I'm going to start saying. This trial is a weird circus. It's like Amber got her lawyers from Wish. This is how it is if you're not following the trial. Your Honor, I would like to present some evidence in the case against Mr. Depp. I'll allow it. Mr. Dett, is this you in the photo with Robert Downey Jr.? Um, yes. Hearsay! What? Hearsay! I'm answering your question. Hearsay! Mr. Dett, can you please just answer the question? Yes, that's me with Iron Man. Hearsay, Your Honor! Mr. Dett, can you please answer the question? Hearsay! I was just sniffing. Hearsay! I don't think her lawyers know what hearsay means. On a serious note, this trial is a shining light that a man can be a victim of abuse and domestic violence. The only people that are really are all the toxic women. They are the only ones who support Amber. Well, them and the media who were bought out by her PR peeps. But hey, what are you going to do? We live in a society where people use a $1,500 phone to check food stamp balances. Staying on a serious topic, and I'm saying this as a father, any adult that needs to discuss sexuality to kindergartners is a predator, not a teacher. Yeah, I said it, and I don't care if I offend anyone. 
Me, I want to raise my children how I want to raise my children. However, I do believe in local collective democratic community. The community should come to a consensus on how they want their children raised. So if there's a town that wants all of their kids to learn all of this stuff and it's cool with the whole community, parents and all, then no one should stop them. But when they try to hide this shit from the parents, that is when there's a problem. If you're a parent, who knows your child better than you do? Definitely not the teachers. So don't let those teachers mold them or try to teach them without your say. You mold them. It's your child. And speaking of children, this whole abortion thing is getting a little chaotic. I'm warning you folks that this is just going to get crazier. It's all planned chaos. How does a leak like that happen? And then organized protests are ready to go next morning early with perfectly factory made signs. Riots are coming back. I'm telling you, it's all about control. Because right now, those who are saying pro-choice has the power right now to make stuff happen, to protect abortions. But they won't. They will lie to you like the student debt forgiveness. They like power. They like telling you it's an old white man's fault. Listen to what Obama said in 2007 during his campaign. Well, the first thing I do as president is, is sign the Freedom of Choice Act. And now listen to him later on when he was president. Now, the Freedom of Choice Act is not my highest legislative priority. Now listen to Biden during his campaign. I would send immediately to the desk of the United States Congress when I'm elected president, if I'm elected president, <clears throat> a codification of Roe v. Wade amended by Casey. Even Nancy Pelosi says Democrats focus on abortion access is hurting the party. Nobody does anything. If you're mad about this whole abortion thing, then you need to be at those people's houses protesting the abortion. Instead, they go to the judge's house. Like Jimmy Dore said recently, you want to fight someone about abortions right now, you have to fight the Democrats. When Obama took office, the Dems had big majorities in the House and Senate. They could have codified Roe v. Wade, banded the rifles, codified voting rights, and so much more. But blaming the other side is better for them, distracting all of us so that we don't see the real stuff going on. Chaos is coming, listeners. Watch. Anyways, let's move away from the serious venting to out-of-place updates, which is only a reminder. Next month, there will not be an episode. On the morning of June 11th, we are saying goodbye to California and driving cross-country to our new home in South Carolina. The next episode will be in July. Britt Nolan is going to be the main host for that month. We are going to celebrate our youngest birthday in July with family now that we're back in the East Coast. So during the time I would be working on the podcast, I will be in South Florida. I will be back for the August episode. And if any of you lovely listeners are in the Charleston area or know the area really well, follow the direct me link next to my name and send me tips and stuff, especially the best places to eat. The only one I know to do right now, which we reserve for Father's Day breakfast, is Pugin's Porch in Charleston. Let's get this episode started. I'm going to be talking about appreciating your kids when they're little because they grow up too fast. Britt talks about letting your animal instincts out in full swing. Sammy talks internet cores. 
Buffalo Bailey talks about some gunslingers, and Luna talks dating. Speaking of dating, I just want to say this real quick before I forget. On May 3rd, I went to uh, Disney's California Adventure on my own to use up the park hopper tickets before the move. As I was waiting in line at the uh, Spider-Man ride, I was looking at the many couples together in line. I started thinking how if you were single and wanted a Disney freak like yourself, you just have to go to Disney. I instantly thought of the perfect solution for people to find the perfect mate to make dating easier. Now, if you're single, think of the type of person you want to date. Like, really think about that person. Then, I want you to think what you would want that person to do in their free time. Here's what I mean. Let's say you're a woman and want a man who loves to go biking. And all you have to do is join cycling groups and talk to the single men there. If you're a man and want a woman that loves Star Wars, go to Star Wars events like Star Wars Night and Disney. Because the problem that I see a lot of single people dealing with, especially women, is that they go to bars and clubs and then they get mad that they have an alcoholic man that's where you go to find those type of people want a drunk idiot for a partner go to a bar i did it listeners i found the cheat code you're welcome anyways let's get started grab your favorite drink cruise in your car and enjoy time to get touching get ready to be triggered sensitive topics oh look they're about to cry all consensus we'll see nobody likes a snowflake what is Eva's problem today I'm talking to all the parents today, parents who still have the little ones. My oldest turned 10 last month, double digits. The middle child grew so much this year that he is pretty much the same height as the oldest. My youngest is about to be done with kindergarten. Time is flying. Slowly, they have been getting rid of their toys, only keeping Lego stuff. Between all of their birthdays this year, they're all going to have their own Xboxes now. They're growing to fast. People always told me that kids grow in the blink of an eye. They were definitely not lying about that. I'll be at my desk and I'll look at my boys building amazing Lego sets. Realize that it's been a while since I had to cut anyone's food. Their cheeks are less round and their chin is more pointed. They can read. They can wipe their own butts. They can put their own shoes on. They can pour their own drinks. They can get their own snacks. It's a bittersweet feeling because as I am excited that they can do all of this on their own, the major phase of childhood is about to be gone forever. They're not little anymore. The next time I'll be dealing with small children is when my wife and I have grandchildren because I got snipped last year. So the factory is closed. I just went to Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure on my own, like I just said, and I did a lot of people watching. Saw all the strollers and watched the frustrated parents deal with their tired kids. I realized how much I loved having the little ones. The way their skin felt, the way they smelled, when they would fall asleep on me. Yes, it was frustrating too. I don't miss the toddler meltdowns. People said, watch out for the terrible twos. It was more like horrible threes when they really try to test boundaries. I don't miss negotiating with them or trying to make them understand time. I don't miss the fear of them putting things in their mouth or when they got really sick and there's nothing I could do about it. But kids grow up. We all know it's going to happen, but it still feels like a shock. Nothing can prepare you for it. When they are small, it feels like they're going to be little forever. You don't really see them changing every day until moments slap you in the face. Like when they say something slick and it makes you laugh. You're not supposed to laugh, but it makes you laugh. Or when they are brave enough to ride a roller coaster. When they can calm themselves down. When they start doing chores on their own. When they start being honest on what they like and what they don't like. When they start liking the shows and movies you used to like. 
when they start having their own interest and their own style, you only have kids for a few years. And if you miss it, it's gone. It's done. You have to understand that. That period between zero and five goes too fast. There is something about it that is absolutely magical. It's a peak experience in life. It doesn't seem much, too. Because when you're young, you think, oh, that's too long. But trust me, it goes by so very fast that you won't be able to see it. It can easily be missed. If you're still in the little kid stage, hang in there. Hold on to it. It may feel like it sucks so bad and you just want time to go just a little bit faster. You're never going to forget those annoying moments. But those gumless giggles, when you squished their chubby cheeks, when you tucked them in bed and God, I'm going to miss that one. Because like many of you already know, I go to bed later than everyone else. And right before I go to bed, I make sure that I check my boys before I lie down. It's the only way I can fall asleep peacefully. I make sure they're breathing. I fix their blankets. I make sure their body parts are not hanging off the bed. I pick up their bears from the floor. They look so peaceful. And every night I thank God for giving me these amazing little people. They will never know until they're old enough to listen to the podcast that I do this every night. I don't want them to grow, but they will. I just have to go along for the ride and try my best to guide them through life while slowly letting them go. Starts with the babysitter, then saying bye to them on their first day of preschool or kindergarten. Then it's them abandoning playing with toys in favor of electronics. Then I know one day in the blink of an eye it will be time to say goodbye on their first day of college. Then they get married and start living their own life. Kids are different today. Society makes them move too fast. Kids don't seem to be kids anymore. I don't see boys playing with Hot Wheels as much. It's all about Fortnite and Among Us. Girls are not playing with Barbies as much. It's about TikTok and YouTube channels. If you are one that forces their children to grow up fast, understand that there is plenty of time for them to be an adult. They're going to have those crappy responsibilities. They're going to be coming home all stressed out. They're going to be worried about their own family one day. Children have only one childhood, and then it's gone. Don't stop them from being kids. Let them play with the toys as long as they can. Let them watch those stupid cartoons. The best advice I can give you is to join them. I do my best to join my kids. I watch the cartoons. I watch the movies with them. I game with them every Sunday right after church. Lately, we've been dubbing Disney classics before they go to bed every night. And it's hilarious. My boys are hilarious. They're way better at dubbing than me. I want to be in every part of their childhood because they are growing too fast. And I hate it. I've been a dad for a decade now. And one of the most important lessons I've learned is to let your children be children and enjoy them. Even when you're tired from a long day at work, be ready to snuggle. Be ready to laugh. Be ready to read. Be ready to listen. Be ready to play. Make sure you give your children the attention to let them know that they are a priority in your life. Trust me, by enjoying your children, you will create a fantastic relationship for years to come. Now, what I'm about to say is not meant to bash my parents because as a father, I completely understand that they knew what they knew and they had to work hard to give us as much as they could. I do wish a little more time was spent on paying attention to the things that interest me. However, I do believe that I had to feel that way in order to be able to pay attention to my boy's interests. Now, my parents are wonderful grandparents, super in tuned, but all grandparents are like that. And you want to know why? It's their do-over. 
But I love it. I love how involved they are. It's very important because they need to be involved themselves. I truly think that grandparents, aunts, and uncles need to do it on their own. Because if they don't, I sure won't. My kids know who is involved and who isn't. If my kid grows up not knowing them, that's on them, not my kids or me. Anyways, I love being a father. I do. I have so much joy in being a father. I love making them laugh every chance I get because I understand that there's no such thing as a time machine. I can't just go back and spend more time with my children if I missed it. I hate that excuse that there is never enough hours of the day to spend time with my children. Stop it. Keeping the house clean is not more important. Work is not more important. That time you lost will never come again. I will admit that I did rush things with my oldest and middle child. It wasn't until my youngest that I stopped rushing the phases. The rolling over, the crawling, the eating solids, the walking. I realized that those little kid years go by too quick and I wanted to hold on to each moment as long as I could. When we got rid of diapers, it was no more diapers until grandchildren. When we found ourselves not bringing a stroller to Disney, it felt instant. The years just keep passing by too quickly. One of the huge things that I learned is to make myself smile. Do things that make me extremely happy because guess what? If you're happy, there is a really, really high chance that your children will be happy too. Be a big kid. Have fun playing games with your children. One thing my mom always says to me is that she doesn't care how old I am. I'm still the little boy who made her smile. Of course, before becoming a father, I just brushed it off. But now I say the same thing to my boys and I'll continue to say it as they continue to grow because my oldest might be 10, but I still remember walking into his room and saying good morning and watching him smile all gums and all in the crib. It doesn't matter how old your children are. They can still enjoy life and have fun with you. You know, the day that you're in your deathbed, I can guarantee that you're not going to be wishing you made more money or had the top of the line cars or a mansion. You're going to wish you had more moments with your children, with your family. Push the pause button on your busy life and start enjoying your children. Find out what they enjoy and join them. They like gaming, game with them. They like painting, paint with them. They like building Legos, build with them. They like watching movies, watch movies with them. Make a thing out of it. And at the same time, let them know your hobbies and the things that you like. You like baking? Let them bake with you. To wrap it up, remember these seven things. And I'm talking to the listeners who are parents to the little ones. One, learn to enjoy being a parent. Two, cherish the little things. Three, play with your children. Four, laugh with your children. Five, don't focus and dwell on the small, unimportant things. Six, don't take life too seriously. Seven, have family time on a regular basis. Parenting will always be hard. It's easy to miss out on things. Listen to the cliche one more time. They are only little ones. Stop the chaos that life brings at the front door. Don't even let it in. Learn to be present and enjoy your children. Brittany, that was very rude. You sound like a gosh dang grown man. Uh, sorry, Grandpa. It wasn't intentional. Yes, that was a reenactment of something that happened. My grandpa 
made me feel like a dirt bag just for sneezing too loud, like I had real control over it. Yes, I did cover it up with my elbow, and no, I didn't aim the juices towards his face. But to him, it was offensive. But why? I mean, after all, he did get upset for the news anchor just wearing a cast. How dare he come to work looking all unprofessional, showing his sports injury. I just want to normalize the things that are considered nasty. We pretend that these things, they don't exist. We excuse ourselves from being human. But what if we embrace them? Recently, I was in a state of mental exhaustion, and I yawned for the first time in ages. I can't even remember how long it was that I actually yawned, and it felt so good. And I don't even understand why I've been programmed to be so ashamed of yawning. I guess it started with middle school. I had a trig teacher that made the point to call out any student he saw yawning, and he considered yawning to be the utmost sign of disrespect. He would interrogate students as if they'd committed a crime, asking them, are you bored? Do you have something to prove? This isn't a flippin' movie. Do people actually yawn because they're bored? I'd consider this behavior pretty involuntary, although I never gave myself this credit. You know, I was yawning in my mouth, I'd be like, keep my lips closed. And I never really felt like how good it feels to yawn till last week. It was so liberating. Also, a yawn, it's substantially less distracting than a teacher ranting about how yawns are rude. Babies know how to do this from birth. It's just a sign of being tired or maybe needing to get more oxygen. <laughs> oh, that actually came out of nowhere. To be real, I actually engulfed a ton of pepper to reenact that sneeze, and now it's just made me kind of, uh, nasally, so let me blow this out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the next part that comes with a sneeze, you know? The... Yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Oh, I got a little bit more. Whew. All right. So every day, children are getting shushed. Shh. And they're made to be embarrassed by things like this. This is totally a shame. We should just laugh at farts, yawn together, and say, bless your heart, every time anybody sneezes, and clap at impressive burps. I don't even think I know how to burp if I tried, because to me, it was never allowed. It was never okay. You know, ladies don't burp. I actually went on a date with a guy that said, huh, the only reason why girls go to the bathroom is to powder their nose. And uh, later I found out that he was not even into girls, so why did he care? Sometimes I feel a pressure in my throat, like I've got a burp, but then it never comes. Even if I drink a Mountain Dew ski, for Christ's sake. One thing that's helped me lately is hanging out with my friend's seven-year-old autistic son, Cornelius. He often whispers to me a little secret, which ends up being a mere burp. He once asked his mom to bend down, as if he was going to play a game of leapfrog. She's in frog position, and then all of a sudden he just farts right in her face. And I probably would have been annoyed, but I've got a one-year-old daughter, and she started laughing hysterically like a little coyote. Everything Cornelius does is just amazing, interesting, and it just cracks her up. I really have to work my butt off to get that same rise out of her. I mean, Cornelius, he just does, and it's great, and she loves him, and I just wish, uh, you know, I could burp a few out just to make her happy, but uh, I don't got that charm. If you're struggling letting your animal instincts out in full swing, maybe you just need to play with children too. I'm sure you know someone that's in need of a babysitter, or there's like a local volunteer program, you know, the Boys and Girls Club. It's time to regress and be okay with your natural self. So yawn with me. It's okay to stretch your arms out like a cat, stick out your tongue, and make a large sound effect. <gasps> oh. No, 
that wasn't an orgasm. That was my yawn. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise that it is not okay because it is okay. We are people, and that means that we are animals pretending to be more than our poised pets. But sometimes, we gotta let our instincts take over and indulge. Maybe get on the floor and give your dog or cat or pig a headbutt. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm sorry to my husband. You know, he farts a lot. (coughs) Noises like that. And a lot of times my response is just to give him the evil eye. I really need to get over it and not be so annoyed, especially if it doesn't smell bad and if he's not aiming it at my face. When did farting stop being so funny and all of a sudden seem so gross and something to scoff about? I'm not sure, but you know what? I'm gonna go load up on some cabbage and some beans and then I'm gonna start a good old Dutch oven rebellion. Who's with me? We're gonna take on the world! I'm Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y, the host of The Boombox, where we talk about music and their stories. Now, recently, I've seen a lot of people dive into the topic they call Internet Core. After taking a closer look, I found that most artists that make Internet Core music are indie musicians, and now you know I gotta talk about them. Never heard of it? Do you not know what it's like? Well, here is a pretty solid example. You remember your old computer in 2010 that had a CD reader and crashed when you tried to run Firefox? Yeah, that, but nostalgic and fun. Another example is a YouTube sensation called Ina. Ina by Joel G is a show about a character named Ina. In all of his videos regarding Ina, Internet Core music plays in the background while Ina and their friend Mooney go on missions, complete tasks, and bypass anomalies closely resembling things off of the internet. With most of the soundtrack being made by Graham Cartner and Oliver Buckland, a similar digital feel always lingers throughout not just the show, but the viewer's thoughts. I know I couldn't get those songs out of my head. (laughs) It went on for weeks. Anyway, lots of the music in Ina is either commissioned, like Oliver Buckland's Hourglass Meadow, or found around the internet, like Graham Cartner's Temp album. Either way, whether it be an hourglass dog or a tron, Ina is surely a good example of internet core and overall a pleasant change of pace if you're looking for some music that itches your brain just right. Ooh, (laughs) looks like my time's up. Catch you next time on the Boombox. Cowboy's a man with guts in the horse. A cowgirl is strong will and independent. Have a tilt of your stetson for one who loves the freedom of a wide open range. You with the dusty jeans, dirty boots, and rough hairs. Turn off the radio, let the tailgate down. It's a western life, and for me, it's all I need. Hi y'all, welcome back to another episode of High Noon. There isn't a more iconic scene in a western film than a good old pistol duel, where the lawmen and the outlaw meet at high noon to duke it out. That's what we'll be talking about today, the most dangerous gunslingers in the west. The first one we'll be talking about today is Ben Thompson. 
Now, he was a gambler, gunfighter, and sometimes a lawman who rubbed shoulders with some of the most prominent figures in the West. Now, he started his criminal career at the age of 17 where he stabbed and killed another gambler that he accused of cheating, known to be lightning fast on the draw. He soon gained the reputation of a gunfighter after shooting two men on Christmas Eve of 1876. Wanting to escape this reputation, he took a job as city marshal of Austin, Texas. He was forced to resign when he killed a local theater owner named Jack Harris during an argument. Thompson himself was killed in 1884, alongside infamous gunfighter King Fisher, after being ambushed in an opera house by Harris's friends. A little lesser known, but more violent, definitely, was John King Fisher. Now, he was in and out of prison from the age of 16 in the early 1870s. Fisher became known as a bandit. He started running with a group of outlaws who raided ranches in Mexico. Fisher was known for his flamboyant styles, wearing more bright colors, wearing twin ivory-handled pistols, also known for being quite violent. He famously gunned down three members of his own gang when a dispute arose of money, then killed seven Mexican pistoleros shortly after. In his most famous gunfight, Fisher's said to have taken on four Mexican cowboys single-handedly after hitting one with a branding iron, supposedly outdrew another and shot him. In his typical brutal fashion, he then shot both of the man's unarmed accomplices. Then in 1884, he was ambushed in an opera house and he died next to Ben Thompson. Now those were some crazy stories. We'll get back to them after this ad break. Does life have you down? Is large family and small apartment too much? Are you not growing potatoes good enough for state? But try extreme vodka. It is vodka filled with the lethal amount of caffeine. But we are Russian. We can handle it. Anyway, don't trust extreme vodka? Well, here you go. Russian stamp Soviet noise. Union stamp of approval. There you have it. You break no law, you don't go to gulag. You can eat it with your borscht and live happy life with oversight family in tiny apartment. Anyway, this has been extreme vodka. Back to the gunslingers. Famed lawman Wyatt Earp. Probably one of the most storied figures in the Wild West. He was also known as a very accomplished gunslinger, who was greatly feared by the bandits of his time. Earp had a varied career. Saw him travel to boom towns like Wichita and Dodge City and the lawless town of Tombstone to serve as a sheriff and participate in some of the most legendary gunfights of all the 1800s. The most famous of these gunfights was undoubtedly at the O.K. Corral, which occurred in 1881, when Earp and his brother Morgan and Virgil and friend Doc Holliday confronted a group of cowboys who had recently been arrested for robbing a stagecoach. Three of the cowboys were killed in the fight, and everyone except Wyatt was wounded. The gunfight caused a huge scandal, and friends of the cowboys soon retaliated by wounding one of his brothers and killing the other. Earp and Holiday then led a group of gunfighters on now what's known as their vendetta ride, and they eventually killed several men connected to the murders before fleeing the territory. All told, Earp participated in many gunfights in his life, killing anywhere from 8 to 30 outlaws, depending on the source. 
and his exploits remain some of the most famous in the West. Now that was a crazy and intriguing story, but now our segment is coming to an end, so I wish all of you a good high noon. everyone and welcome back to the wine and shine podcast i am your host luna wilson so this is my first official episode and i'm so ready to dive in and get started with you guys and talk about anything life from a woman's perspective and i thought of a great topic kind of a light-hearted topic for this first episode um today we're going to be talking about dating dating these days seems very difficult and hard people are struggling and they're just not having any luck in the dating pool and i just feel like i am definitely one of those people at the very moment it's like when you look back on different years and everything like if you watch a movie that was based in the 50s or the 60s or something like that you have the boy clearly interested in a girl and he would be very direct about it he would court the girl he would do all of these things to get the girl and the girl would feel special she would feel seen she would feel noticed and she would have to sit there and guess if the guy liked her or not like these days you have to sit there and guess like does he or she like me it's like the whole waiting game of everything and so you go through that phase where is called the talking phase which is all fine and dandy and everything like that but sometimes i feel like it can be a big waste of time because sometimes it can be like well you talk to someone for so long and then all of a sudden it's just like oh well it's time for me to dip the reason why i'm bringing this up is because i feel like the dating scene definitely needs a change i don't know if it's society i don't know what it is but my money is on society i feel like a lot of people are being rushed into relationships and marriages especially instead of taking the time to explore themselves explore their sexuality or you know explore like other relationships and stuff like that before they find the person that they want to settle down with because um believe it or not it is important to find the right life partner and as a woman, when you get on dating sites, especially Tinder, you always have those men who have those really cringy bios that say, oh, I'm 6'2", and um, you gotta have this, this, and that in order to be my girlfriend or something like that, and you must do this and you must do that. And, you know, I'm not bashing people about it. I don't give a fuck because everybody has their own preferences. Like, I have my preferences. But I feel like sometimes people have too much of a high standard and i know that's controversial and i know that people want the best for themselves but i feel like these days people just want to find perfection and they want to find a perfin what the fuck is a perfin yeah okay we'll go with perfin y'all that's a new slang word perfin <laughs> um they want to find a perfect person and they want to be happy with them and that's fine and dandy but it's just like okay so you gotta have a supermodel body you gotta have great hair beautiful skin or 
I don't know, something, whatever checks off on a man's list of perfectionism into whatever, whatever it is that they're looking for. Like, I don't even know. It's just like, all I know is that Tinder is hands down one of the most funniest dating apps that I have ever been on. I don't really care too much about Tinder because um, I had a bad experience on there on multiple occasions, but dumb old me kept going back on there. And I'm like, why am I signing up for this app? When I know it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, there are some topics that I will get into about that in later episodes, but to keep the conversation light, I'm just going to talk about the hilarious dating and funny experiences that I've had on Tinder. I've had men message me and, you know, they'll be like, well, hey, baby, you're cute. Nice smile. And then you're like, oh my god, wow. And so you message them back and you're like, oh, thank you. Um, How are you? Or something like that. And the conversation is normal up until a certain point. And then the guy's like, um, well, you want to meet up? And it's like, we've been talking for like two seconds. Where do you want to meet? And they're like, at my house. I see on your Tinder profile, you only live like two miles away from me or something like that. And I'm like, um, no. And of course, when you say that they immediately and i mean immediately want to dip they're like okay i'm gone so i used to be really really fragile about that i used to be like a fragile shouldn't be like oh i'm so offended i'm so sad but now i'm like you know what i don't want to fuck you okay that's my choice i don't want to fuck you if i haven't met you in my entire life and i don't know you i'm not gonna fuck you but more power to the people who do tinder hookups but personally i feel like that's a no no and it's just no tinder is a hookup app i had to learn that the hard way like a lot of people would say yeah tinder is a hookup app and i feel like finding somebody on there to spend the rest of your life with is like a needle in a haystack it's like um it doesn't come very often it just you just really have to stay on there for however long and meet however many people in order to get to that person and i just feel like with dating these days people are afraid to commit that's the problem that i'm seeing like people are afraid to commit people are afraid to be honest people are afraid to just be their true genuine selves when i feel like being your genuine true self is the best thing that you can be period not just for dating just in general, just being your true authentic self. And I feel like when we get into the dating game, we often lose ourselves into these fantasies of how we have to be and how we have to look and how we're perceived instead of just finding someone who will accept us for who we are. Flaws and all, like um, I once matched with a guy on Tinder and I thought it was a universal match. I thought it was like fate or something like that and then we met up in person and of course when you meet with a person in person offline <laughs> um from online i mean you kind of have this perception in your head like okay they look like this on their pictures but when you meet them in person of course you're like no this isn't gonna work out i don't think we mesh well and i think that's all fine and everything but it's like Always listen to your gut instinct and just don't settle because sometimes I feel like I really wish I could go back and undo some things. But then again, if I did, I wouldn't be the person that I am behind this microphone um, without those hard lessons. I just feel like that goes back to what I was talking about earlier about settling and stuff like that. I just don't think that people should settle for just anything. And I don't think that we should be pressured by society to, you know, find a partner. I feel like it'll happen when it happens. And 
I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't even know. It's, it's something that's just rather unexplainable. It's like a lot of people say, when you know, you know. And I just go along with that. And I just believe in that. And personally, I just feel like going on Tinder, it's quite a fun experience sometimes because you get these people who you don't know if they're serious or not. It's like they say off the wall things. And so, like I mentioned before, I used to be really fragile about some stuff. And now I have finally grown a pair of lady balls as my best friend would say and i just usually say the most off-wall thing to a guy and i just be like you know what is their reaction gonna be like if a guy comes at me funny i'm like okay i can play this game too i think i once asked a guy if he liked his kneecaps now that's another inside joke that i have with my best friend and you guys are probably like what the fuck is wrong with this it's crazy. I don't know. But seriously, though, I did ask him if he liked kneecaps. There was a whole story behind it, I swear. But, like, I'm a mysterious person, so you'll never know. But, um, yeah, he didn't respond to that. And uh, I once got a message from, I'm pretty sure it was Christian Grey. And I'm like, yeah, um, no, not doing that either. I'm not into the whole, like, or senior lady hole. I don't know. Whatever the kids say these days, there's... Yeah, I'm not into BDSM, but I have said some wild things to people, like, just to play around with them. Like, one time I told a guy that I was a hardcore BDSMer, and he was so into it, and he's like, what do you like about it? And I'm like, I like to do this and that and stuff like that, and he was just like, oh, yeah, you're a naughty little bitch, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. When I'm over here, like, um, literally Cinderella or um, some innocent person, because let's face it, I haven't had that many experiences in life, okay? Don't judge me. You guys have no right to judge me. I judge myself enough. But anyways, um, I'm like, what? and what is it with guys and pictures of, like, of them catching fish? It's like, what? Is that supposed to be attractive or something like that? Am I supposed to say, wow, that guy really knows how to go with fishing? Like, I don't understand. Like, um, it's really weird. But another thing that bothers me about the world of online dating is the safety aspect of everything. I hate to sound like your mother here, but um, be safe and be careful out there of who you meet and who you're talking to. And always make sure to meet in a public place. The guy that I met off Tinder before last summer, I met him at the park near my house. And the first red flag that I should have noticed about him is that when we were having a picnic in the park, he stole, and yes, you heard that correctly, he stole a cooler on his way to my house. And I was like, um, okay and it had a whole bunch of alcohol and stuff in it and we just sat there and drank it not gonna lie the wine was pretty good but i felt pretty dirty drinking it because it was somebody else's and they were probably pretty damn pissed off and looking for their cooler full of alcohol and i remember the second time i hung out with this man and he came over to my house and he brought over some you know that seltzer beer that barely has any alcohol in it like maybe like five percent at least or seven at the most, I guess. He drank so many of those, and he claimed that he was drunk. And he spent the night at my house, and I had to sleep in bed with a stranger. Ah, uh, that was a little abnormal for me. But at that time, the person that I was very in a very vulnerable place, a very lonely place, and I feel like that also plays into who, you know, the whole dating thing is that nobody wants to be lonely, but never settle, especially when you see red flags from a person who 
run. Like, just get out of there. Just don't do it. I mean, it's better to be alone and lonely than to be with the wrong person or to be with a person who's just complete trash and treats you like garbage and doesn't respect you. The first sign of disrespect is a red flag. You really shouldn't have to deal with that. And I think that should be fair. And I just feel like this whole notion of being pressured by society to find love by a certain age is just ridiculous. And I think it gets people into a lot of trouble. And of course, people have their own minds and they can make up their own decisions and stuff like that. But I do feel like that's probably where a lot of the whole pressure comes from. But I just sometimes can't help but think or wish that, you know, the dating scene was like the movies where you would just meet a guy or a girl or whoever you're into, whoever your um, preference is in your love life, whoever you choose to love and fall in love with. I just feel like I just wish it was like the movies where that person would court you and treat you like a king or a queen or whatever. Just treat you nicely and decently. And you shouldn't have to beg for human decency at all. And I just feel like that is something that a lot of people are looking for, is somebody who treats them with respect. And that is exactly what we should strive for. But these days, it seems like with the dating thing, a lot of people are in a rush to get into a relationship. Just to have that relationship status and say, I'm not single anymore, I'm off the market, and I can finally breathe. But no, it doesn't work that way. Um, before I joined Tinder, I was engaged for about three years, or almost three years, and it was complete misery for me. I thought that person was going to be the person that I was going to marry. I thought that person was my soulmate and my best friend and everything. But looking back, it was a highly toxic relationship, and there were a lot of things that I wish that I had known then that I know now. And that's just a perfect example of, you know, it's better to be alone than to be with the wrong person, than to be with somebody who compares you to other people or threatens to go find somebody else because they do certain things better than you. And yeah, this person used to really get on to me about, yes, I said that this person would get mad at me because I didn't want to give. Yeah. I lost my virginity to this person. Why the f not? I'm going to say it. It's a podcast. Y'all can't see my face. And yes, I do say y'all a lot. I live in Texas, so don't judge me. But anyways, um, yes, I did lose my virginity to this person. And I don't regret that part because it was something that I wanted at the time. But I do wish sometimes that I had waited until I met somebody who was a lot more worthy of that kind of gift that I had to give somebody. And I honestly kind of got a little bit destroyed because if I were to get proposed to again, I hope that I would have the feelings of like the crying and the tears, just everything that happens when you get proposed to, that magical feeling that your body just gets filled with. I feel like that would be the ideal kind of thing to strive for. But now, currently, I am still in the dating scene, but I'm not really as, like, observant as I used to be. Now I'm kind of, like, just going with the flow. Being open to new experiences and meeting new people, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. But then again, sometimes I feel like people are meant to find people on online, or sometimes people are meant to find people in real life. I don't know, but I feel like I'm one of those people who, no matter what I do, online dating will probably will always be a bust for me because I'm just not made for that. And I think that's perfectly fine and is perfectly okay. 
recently I have met somebody in real life that I am interested in and I don't know what's going to happen from this point on, but all I know is that it's definitely exciting and I feel like a 12-year-old girl again because, you know, the like schoolgirl crush and stuff like that. It's, it's just a really, really fun feeling. And when you let go of that notion of feeling like you have to do this by the age of 30. By the way, disclaimer, 30 isn't the end of your life. It's just 30, y'all. But anyways, I just feel like once you finally just break that stigma or whatever you want to call it and just live your life on your own terms, things are better that way, to be honest with you. It's like you're on your own time or whatever you want to call it or whatever it is that you believe in. And this is something that I'm definitely wanting to talk about more is what people's beliefs are in everything when it comes to love and relationships because I know that people have different definitions of what love is and I think that's what the most beautiful thing about love is is that when you ask somebody that question or you ask various people that question their answers are so different and it's just like really really fun and really really exciting to hear. I just feel like I had to ramble about the whole dating scene and stuff like that. But I just feel like it's really hard these days to find somebody who is genuine and honest and somebody who wants to spend time with you instead of being a new and wasting your time. And yes, new is a funny word. I really wish that I was the one who thought of this word, but shout out to Lady Hamner for coining that phrase, new awesome. It's my favorite word to use, but that's pretty much all of my rant about dating. But yes, this has been the first episode of the Wine and Shine podcast, and I am your host, Lauren Wilson, and or Luna Wilson, either or. I um I do go by two names, so you can either call me Luna or Lauren. But um, for now, I'm going to say goodbye, and I will see you guys in the next podcast. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know that I was kind of all over the place, but I am still highly nervous about all of this stuff, but I promise that I will continue to get better and work through it. But I will see you guys next time, and remember to have a glass of wine and keep on shining! Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like what you've been hearing on the podcast, we invite you to submit a rating on wherever you're listening to this episode. If the app you're listening to this on doesn't have a rating system, then please leave a rating on iTunes. This helps the podcast so very much. Besides word of mouth, it is another way to potentially attract new listeners. The higher the rating, the more likely people will give this podcast a chance. So please make sure you rate us everywhere you listen to Out of Place. Please also show some love to our wonderful hosts. If you want to contact them, click the link right next to their name. To our loyal listeners who made it to the end, we love you. We appreciate you. Goodbye. And always remember to smile.